Welcome to Hemp Foundation Talks, where we listen to the heartbeats of the hemp industry and learn the celebrations, challenges, and discoveries from hemp leaders and advocates from around the world. Hi, I'm Rebecca, International Business Officer of the Hemp Foundation and your host. Today's guest, we have Kevin Schultz. Kevin is the co-founder president of the 357 Company. On a mission to disrupt the status quo in logistics and create best-in-class hemp logistics solutions, while educating and advocating for the entire hemp supply chain as the industry scales. The 357 company has pioneered the standard operating procedures for the logistics component of the hemp supply chain. Since 2019, the 357 Hemp Logistics Division has built a trusted reputation within the hemp industry by providing fully insured logistics solutions the industry can truly count on. In 2021, the company launched its 357 curbside division to provide a direct-to-consumer solution for vaporizers and e-cigs. Before co-founding the 357 company, Kevin Schultz served as vice president at Verano Holdings, a vertically integrated company of medical and recreational cannabis licenses. In that role, he had a strong focus on the entire supply chain while ensuring compliance and production goals were being strategically planned for to supply the market with consistent and safe products. Prior to Verano, he designed and built out the B2B wholesale divisions in Illinois and New York for Pharmacan, also a national vertical cannabis operator. Both states were highly regulated by strict medical cannabis laws that required compliant transportation standard operating procedures to safely deliver products to dispensaries. Prior to his career in medical cannabis and hemp, Kevin founded and operated several businesses, including those specializing in the distribution of implantable medical devices to surgeons and operational efficiency software to hospital C-suits and operating rooms across America. Kevin earned his Bachelor of Science degree in marketing sales from Northern Illinois University. Welcome, Kevin. It's so great to have you on the show and even just to learn a little bit more about what you're doing in, in the logistics space and specifically to help um, help others in the hemp industry. So please share a little bit more about what got you started in hemp. Yeah, sure, Rebecca. Thanks for having me. Um, it's a privilege to be on your show. And um, uh, my story goes back to 2014 when Illinois' medical program was starting to um, become a topic of conversation, we'll say. And then there was rumors a program was going to get approved. Um, I had a few friends who were investors behind um, a couple of the companies that went for licenses and caught on to a group called Pharmacan and helped launch their wholesale division in Illinois and then um, primarily also in New York. Um, after that, I went over to a company called Verano, who's also, also a multi-state operator. And what that means is they grow, process, and ultimately package and deliver their products to dispensaries. So at, at that company, I was more higher level national um, sales and operations behind the scenes. And really, it was, it was during that 2018 moment when the farm bill came out and you noticed hemp had gotten that golden ticket to take product over state lines, which the cannabis industry would love to have. Um, and it start, as I started to do research into the hemp industry and the supply chain, I realized that they didn't have the fancy technology that the cannabis industry had, such as track and trace and seed to sale. And, you know, every, every time product moved literally around a facility, we could track every movement of that product. And then ultimately into the cars that were taking the product and transporting it to the dispensaries. So I knew that 
the hemp industry was going to be a bit before they had that type of a track and trace technology that everyone was playing on the same platform with and talking to each other, so to speak. So at minimum, the supply chain was going to need a friend in that logistics component that was going to not only dedicate their time to pioneer the standard operating procedures, making sure all the uh, those SOPs were compliant both at the state and federal level, um, but really coach the supply chain up on the do's and don'ts. And uh, so it was that moment where I saw the business opportunity and then I saw the tremendous need because as we grow as a supply chain, we do, we need as, as small amounts of events that could put us back as possible. And one of the big events that could really set us back is transporting products over state lines that fall into that drug trafficking category. So um, that was the vision of the company. That was a little bit of the history of, of you know, where I've been. So when I'm talking to customers and partners in the supply chain, I can really speak the language because I've been in the cultivation centers. I've um, you know managed different uh, rooms with different strains and processed um, raw material and and really dealt with yields. So I can have deep conversations about their business as well. So that that's a little bit something we bring to the table that's different. Awesome. So what have you noticed some of the big um, roadblocks for, um, for those in the hemp industry who are trying to find logistics or, you know, just the unique um, difficulties that, that we might have as, as an industry um, that yeah. you've kind of bumped into? Yeah, It's a good question. And, and I think of a, a few things. One is folks don't think about it until after the fact, you know, the supply chain has so many I don't want to say more important things on their minds, but to a farmer, it's more important to figure out where their genetics is coming from, for example. And, you know, who's going to, who's speak, speaking for those, um, the crop after it's harvested and, you know, who's going to buy it from them and, and then what processor am I going to work with? So these different components of the supply chain are, are thinking about um, areas that are closer to them, so to speak, at the moment. So a lot of times, especially early on, we would have folks reach out to us and have consummated a deal already and they haven't budgeted for transportation and logistics. Mm -hmm. Everyone gets everything delivered for free with Amazon these days. Yeah. And, and it, it's more of an afterthought. So we really had to change the perception of the industry quickly. And we encourage our partners. Many of the folks we work with today weren't even had a business operational when we first met them. Um, so we really try to engage early on, walk through the potential project that they might have coming up and um, help them with budgeting as well. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I imagine that um, some people may have lost deals um, because they hadn't factored in the, the costs for transportation. That, that's that's a big component, right? If, if you're making a deal and you're not if you're not putting in the cost of transportation, then then you're going to lose a deal. <laughs> or agreeing on who's going to pay for the costs, you know, no matter right. what. Right. So there's there's some that's that's probably the biggest thing. Um, and then really, you know, I don't want to say deter people from working with other companies. We we encourage competition. But it's when people are just shopping strictly on price and last minute and, and working with a company that doesn't have real hemp cargo insurance and seeing people move product that is a significant investment of time and money um, without that proper insurance or a company that really has their SOPs um, dialed in, 
that 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 to me it, it concerns me for the supply chain and for those individuals so um luckily most most unless they've gone out of business everybody's stayed with us that's worked with us so it's a matter of just really getting the word out uh, a lot of our, our our customers come from um referrals which is nice mm -hmm. um, so that that's probably the the second um biggest challenge i would say could you give me a little bit more insight as far as um what is the majority of what you transport right now in hemp what's yeah. what's moving you know mostly well it, it really what's fun about it is we touch each component of the supply chain so depending on the seasonality or, or where we're at in the in the season you know we can be shipping seeds for example you know in sprinter bands um high value amount of seeds too we've shipped um the live plants um and all of this is covered with our hemp cargo insurance wow. i'd say the majority of our business that we ship is biomass um so full truckloads super sacks um you know large loads of biomass going across country um and then we'll ship oil as long as it's compliant we don't work in any gray areas we could talk about that later where where that bottleneck lays for the supply chain but um so and then we will we'll shift into product that's been packaged, final product that's going to um, C stores or, or going to a distribution center eventually to go out to the, to the consumer. Okay. So um, um, you, you had mentioned a little bit about all the different materials you have in, in, in compliance. Um, is there some things that you won't trans, transport currently in hemp and, and <clears throat> Yeah. yeah, it's a good question. We've we quickly drew the line in the sand early on in 2019 um, that we were going to be a total THC uh, company. You know, I came over from cannabis. I've read hundreds of thousands of labs and, you know, the Delta 9 thing was was to me a, a, a line item on a lab. And there was a formula to figure out what the total THC was. And, you know, I realized that if we're taking, if my risk is on, my risk in this is moving product that's hot and falling into court because of drug trafficking. And, and for me, that was the total THC formula. You know, it wasn't going to be Delta 8. Now, there are some states that have, you know, or Delta 9, excuse me, um, that do allow Delta 9 only on a lab to be moved around within their state borders. But when we started to build relationships with different um, states on a more personal level, Department of Agriculture, law enforcement, we quickly realized each state was different. And each state had a little bit of a different nuance, whether it was a certificate, a license, or a different way they categorized compliant flour, for example. So mm -hmm. we said to be safe, we're going to go total THC. So we don't do anything that's above 0.3, obviously. Um, we don't move any in-processed oil at the, at the moment, which is something I'm extremely passionate to get changed. I, I think to function as a real supply chain, we have to be able to move in-processed oil as long as we're doing it the right way. And it's with a, a, care, a, a logistics company like us, and everybody is, you know, certified and, and has their um, licenses and it's all above board because I think to truly operate as a true supply chain, we have to be able to move that type of product to a processing facility. Um, so we don't move that. And then the last thing is Delta 8. We found that labs just weren't testing Delta 8 properly. And a lot of the labs that we looked into when you dug deeper, there was a significant amount of Delta 9 in the product. So um, that would put us above that threshold of THC. So right now, no gray areas. Um, mm -hmm. Our legal team actively, you know, looks into that on a, on a pretty regular basis. Um, and and we, we're cheering for the supply chain, though, that's for sure. Awesome. 
I, I really appreciate how you're advocating, you know, specifically um, for the industry. And tell me a little bit more. I think you've, you've done some more of that advocating and, and educating. And um, tell me a little bit more of, of what you've done to help, you know, bring this community um, more together and, and connecting things as, as you do in logistics. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, I really, that's just the type of person I am first and foremost, but I saw that in the cannabis industry as that supply chain was getting off the ground, that you really had to collaborate with your peers. You know, competition was was fun, but we were in an industry that was still scaling. And and if the industry didn't make it, none of us made it. And, and there was going to be plenty of money to be made at the end. So really, I see, I bring that same mindset over to hemp. And what's interesting and what I'm extremely passionate about is helping people learn from other folks' mistakes. And, and if I can make an introduction to uh, speed up their, their learning curve or speed up the process of you know, meeting key players in the supply chain that can get their business off the ground quicker, we are all about sharing our network relationships and, and quite frankly, weeding out some of the bad folks too for, for people. So um, something we're really passionate about, you know, we're a part of many associations. Um, we used to go on the road quite a bit to, to events when they were happening. They're starting to pick up a little bit now. Um, but really, it's really about even if somebody doesn't have something for us to ship, getting on the mm -hmm. phone with them, sharing our story, listening to their model, and, and seeing where we could fit them in in our network. Amazing. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit more about, I'm excited to hear about the, the technical um, uh, aspect as well from when you mentioned before um, in the experience that you've had and, and the tracking mechanisms. Yeah. So, so when somebody comes to you and, and, and that professionalism of being able to, to track things and see things along the chain and stuff, maybe you can you share with me a little bit more of, of the highlights of, of your guys' service and what you do. Yeah, sure. So our head of operations, JP, is, is I think, one of the best in the industry. He comes from Grubhub, um, extremely meticulous, extremely over the top with customer service. Um, so when a customer reaches out to us, he does all the onboarding. There's a, there's a little bit of paperwork that needs to be, he needs to collect from them. There's some documents that they need to review and sign. And then ultimately, basic logistics details. Where's the pickup? Where are we going? What type of truck do we need? What size of truck do we need? Because we don't want to oversell the customer capacity. Sometimes the, the, and we run dedicated trucks too as well. So in order to keep this extremely safe and for our cargo insurance to be covered, it has to be a dedicated vehicle. We will let customers share a vehicle if they know each other, mm -hmm. um, but we will not put other freight onto the trucks. It's just too risky. Um, we have gone to that model on the industrial side a little bit just because there's less handholding with the lack of CBD in the products. Um, but it, but our insurance doesn't work on that type of a run just because the risk goes up quite a bit um, with a truck unloading and offloading. But back to your original question, once the load is picked up, the customer is able to track and trace the entire time. JP is there to pick up the phone anytime there's any sort of an update, um, constantly in communication with the customer. Um, we're easy to get a hold of, you know, all hours of the night. Um, there's been times where the customers need 
to get a hold of us, whether it's on the weekend or in the evenings. Um, but they're able to track and trace the product the entire way. We do have tracking mechanisms we could put in the product if it's a higher value um, shipment. Um, we have security teams that we could put on put on a shipment as well if the value does creep above a certain level. Um, but really, it's a it's just a very fluid. Um, uh, I'd say conversation between us and, and the operations department and, and the customer because we want them to feel as comfortable as possible because it's it can be nerve wracking when something's going over the road that's worth a half a million yeah. dollars of dollar value, let alone the time you put into it as a farmer, for example. So we take it extremely serious. Right. So tell me a little bit more about um, your vision and where you would like to see the industry grow and, and even you as a, as a company, what would be the ideal and, you know, in the next couple years um, and what you kind of forecast how the industry is, is moving? So, you know, when we started the company, we knew we were going to be the pioneers and we pioneered this logistics component. I mean, we're, we are definitely the best at it. Um, and I say that humbly, if that's possible. <laughs> we've, worked, we've worked very hard to get where we're at in three years. We always said we wanted to leave a legacy. We, we know that these SOPs will be emulated by other companies. Um, we hope there's more than just us transporting um, hemp derived product in the country. Um, <laughs> as far as, you know, where we see this going in a couple of years, well, last year we launched our curbside division and that stemmed from the PACT Act. We're constantly listening to the industry and then, you know, being responsive. And we saw the supply chain being left high and dry, so to speak, from the major carriers. They were no longer going to deliver vaporizers direct to the consumer. And that was a that was going to not only be a pain point for folks that were dealing direct to the customer, but downstream, the impact impacts everybody in the supply chain. If they mm -hmm. can't unload the vaporizers, well, then the guy that makes the oil, the people who ship it, the, the farmer that grew the biomass that converted, the, everybody's affected. So we built out the framework for 357 curbside last year and are now shipping vapes direct to the consumer. And that has spun off into a pretty exciting e-commerce direct to consumer division for our company. So we didn't anticipate getting into last mile. We kind of ended up there and we're really excited we did. So are you the like next Amazon for hemp? <laughs> you know, maybe. Um, <laughs> But, um, you know, we, we really just take it really a month at a time, a quarter at a time. And, you know, with COVID mixed into these three years where we pivoted and, and sold disinfectants during that moment yeah. to stay alive, you know, it was... I sold um, some pet masks. <laughs> yeah, everybody called a mask or a glove during that moment. But you had to do what you had to do because we knew we had something special and, and, and we couldn't let COVID... Put us out of business. Um, so we're, we're grinders and, you know, the founders of the company are still very much involved daily. Um, we keep it pretty lean at 357. So we're not charging, you know, higher prices to our customers. Mm -hmm. um, you know, our buying power is really good. So, so we, uh, we like to pass those savings on. That's amazing. I'm, I'm so happy to um, hear more about you and to learn um, even just that you've been a pioneer in this space and I know how much hard work that takes. Um, yeah. to kind of get things set up ahead of time. Um, it's, I, know, I know it's a lot of sacrifice. So I really uh, appreciate that. Yeah, you know, and one other thing is we're ready when cannabis is ready, you know? So <laughs> yeah. when, when cannabis gets the, the federally legal stamp to go over state lines, we think it's an easy transition. So 
um, we're ready to take advantage of that uh, opportunity and, and also be the pioneers, you know, when it comes I to- can, I can see it. I just have a visual of all the trucks with the doors open. <laughs> we're ready. <laughs> Would have thought, you know, 10 years ago, this is what we'd be doing. But yes. it's been it's been really cool to touch all parts of the supply chain, both in cannabis and now in hemp and um, really be a resource for people that are just getting a start because it really is deja vu for me all over again when yeah. new folks come into the supply chain and, and are really trying to find their way. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Do you have any any last words of encouragement that you want to um, say to any entrepreneur out there and trying to get into logistics and any tips? Yeah, I mean, prepare to work extremely hard, um, just like any entrepreneur would tell you. Um, you know, I'd say in the hemp industry or whenever it's a new supply chain, you know, take it extremely serious to pay mm -hmm. attention to detail, you know, that you really can't make mistakes in any business, but even more so when it's early on and, and yeah. when drug, drug trafficking laws are, are uh, you know, staring you in the eye um, if you're wrong. So, you know, our international business is starting to really pick up. One of my partners has been doing international commodity shipping for 20 years. He, he's, he's fantastic at it. Um, so if there's folks that are thinking of doing deals in different countries, reach out early on. There might be some things that we can bring to your attention that you need to work on well in advance um, that will affect your deal. So mm -hmm. um, yeah, really, I'd say call us anytime. It doesn't have to be a project you're, you're working on tomorrow. Um, we, we love meeting our, our colleagues in the industry and um, we look forward to seeing where the industry is in a couple of years. These are the, these are the days where, you know, you, you really have to look hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel, but yeah. I, I think uh, next there year- There is a light. <laughs> there is, especially with industrial. Um, yeah. So we're excited um, for 2022 and in 2023 as well. Um, so how can somebody get a hold of you? I'll, I'll put your links in our description and, and whatnot, but um, what is the best way for, for somebody to get a hold of you? You know, you can go through our website, 357company.com. There is an ability to request a quote. Some folks just reach out through that means just to get a hold of us. Um, our phone number is 844-357-SHIP. Um, you can always email me directly too at kevin at 357company.com. Um, but that's probably the best way. Check out our website. You can request a quote. Um, it's, it's well done. And um, feel free to reach out anytime. Awesome. Well, we look forward to um, catching up again sometime and seeing how things progress and seeing all the trucks fill up. Fill up. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And thank you for having me on. The, the partners are very uh, grateful as well. Um, you're doing a lot of great things for the industry and um, it's pioneers like yourself too that are really pushing this industry along. Mm -hmm. So thank you for what thank you do. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Hemp Foundation Talks. Hemp Foundation is a nonprofit social enterprise on a mission to provide solutions for our current ecological crisis. Hemp Foundation and their brand, Uki, has created a value chain from village farms to the marketplace. Utilizing the many benefits of hemp to overcome deforestation, fight plastic pollution, and support regenerative practices to heal our earth. The foundation supports over 250 small village farmers in the Indian Himalayan region. In addition, they employ widows and women in the production of over 500 hemp products for the marketplace. From clothing, to food, to hemp bags, a large range of textiles, embroidered fabrics, home goods, and even hemp bioplastic. To learn more, visit hempfoundation.net.